I, you know, I'm actually, I, I, I will say, I enjoyed the Seinfeld of it all when we have these moments where it is quite literally a show about nothing, because we, we managed to stumble onto some varied and intriguing and engaging topics, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't necessarily translate in the headline very well, <laughs> but uh, it keeps me entertained, and honestly, it's I'm, I'm here to have fun with my friends. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm here for. I, I got to agree with you there, and I mean, you are definitely not underselling it when you say varied because i i can't think of many conversations which start with conversations about australian archaeologists taking it in the rear and then uh-huh. and then discuss global politics and the the, well, the rise and fall of different empires and world war who one would and- say gallipoli <laughs> was not europe's asshole and that's all i will say for world war one you're not wrong it mm-hmm. was wrecked beyond all comparison and on the subject of anal lingus, we can move on to another speaking asshole by saying, by the eternal, behold, behold. it is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. And, and I'm, I'm Michael. Michael. Cherry Popping Daddy's episodes will be coming, uh, as, as Doc had indicated. So, Speaking of bands, though, I know that you and I touched base earlier and you had yet to listen to, Shane, the mm-hmm. latest release of Metallica. And given that we have touched on the prior releases here on the show, I figured it's only fitting to ask, have you had a chance? If Darkness had a son, <laughs> it would be me. Um, it's an interesting song. I at first blush, it there wasn't a a nota, like a notable hook that that got me. So I'm going to rest on my laurels and and do my usual. I'm not ready for it yet. Uh, it makes me excited for the album, but admittedly, I am so scattershot schizophrenic these days with everything I do. I started listening to, and I'm going to forget his name, uh, uh, but there's a a musician who records a bunch of popular music as though Blink-182 were performing it. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, All of his material is on Amazon Music, so I started just grabbing random songs, and he does a version of Montero, which uh, hurt me in ways that I wasn't prepared for. (laughs) And not just as though someone were getting on me in Hawaii. So, uh, and then I uh, started listening to Soft Cult had a new uh, couple songs that had floated out. And then I'm really big on the new Fallout Boy uh, tunes that have been floating out as well. <laughs> so again, as I said, I'm not claiming quality I, control here for no your judgment head shake oh, on me. i mean i do no, no i do like <laughs> love from the other side i i feel like was pretty good i love fallout boy like the one that's been uh, airing on the uh the the radio i like it i like it. the second single that they put out from that album i actually prefer to that one and it is fantastic oh so, what's the name uh, i have to know it is uh you're gonna get the old man here who's got to whip out his precious that is a very fucking weird title but i'm i'm for it i'm for it because it's in his pocket i hate you so much right now uh (laughs) the song is heartbreak feels so good heartbreak feels so good okay okay and it is anthemic and uh, delightful and it makes me very happy i so 
I I have always really appreciated Fallout Boy. Pop Punk and I get along very well, and even Bad Alt Rock and I are are very good friends. So as I said, I I cast no aspersions at what people like to listen to, <laughs> except if you like the Cherry Pop and Daddies. No, the Cherry Pop and Daddies. They're as I said, Pop Punk. No, I'm saying cast aspersions. <laughs> oh, okay. I I cast aspersions at the the length to which we've gone to detail the every iterative <laughs> movement of their band's life. And that's what I'm joking at. I don't say that they are classless idiots who don't know how to manipulate an instrument. They do very well at that. It might not necessarily be something I will listen to every day, but they are more than capable musicians. Uh, now, on to the Fallout Boy. I have, in the past, so there are at least six or seven people who have commented on either prior works that I've done or things that I'm doing presently and say that I sound like Patrick Stump. Which I do not hear that at all, but oh. the fact that I enjoy his uh, his solo albums were actually fun as well. Speaking of that, but uh, so I, I guess there is influence that bleeds out everywhere that I might have stolen affectation at least from something in there. But uh, the reason I get into all of this random nonsense is saying there was also another band called the gospel youth that my brother gave me years ago which is very much in that emo-esque sort of like indie alt-rock feel that i've been listening to so apparently my mascara is running and i am just in that sort of mental state presently so metallica is is not in my uh, tumble dryer at the moment unfortunately. no that's fair i i listen to the new song it's, it's interesting as i mentioned to you via text the consensus seems to be that this is like the best of the three singles so far uh that mm. wasn't really my take on it um similar to your experience it didn't leave like a an immediate hook into me uh, i will say that i was a fan of the solo i thought the solo was quite nice and it was nice to see that mm. uh kirk you know didn't just hop in for you know seven to ten seconds and then call it quits like he actually had a, right had a bit of a link to it and and you know changed it up some during so i thought that was quite good but um, outside of that, I mean, it was it wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything no. that like immediately. The riffs are great. It, it's a lot of fun. It's an entertaining song. I, I will take nothing away from it. I it just it did not embed itself in my brain the the way that the the prior two same songs yeah. did, uh, and certainly not like Lux Eterna. I couldn't get out of my uh, spin cycle for a while, so. Maybe I'll just come back around to it. Though I did, I think I imparted to you, I was listening to Turn the Page because uh, someone had thrown out some of the song lyrics and that was one of the debut things I threw into my new headphones as I was testing them out. I was like, let's see what some crunchy Metallica sounds like as I'm running through this. Yeah, I've been listening uh, to the latest Metallica stuff a bit and then I've been on a, a heavy uh, Kiss rotation lately, probably because they've announced they're you know, calling it quits there. And unlike previous, this is it tours. Uh, I suspect that this is actually it <laughs> since they're now in their like seventies. Some of them just start dropping. Still doubt. Yes. Still doubt until so until one person dies. Yeah, doubt. I mean, they still look great and even then and sound great. So I mean, they already got them moobs like Jagger. So uh, <laughs> they. How dare you? Uh, Paul Stanley still—he's still actually pretty damn buff. Like you see, like he—he goes he uh, shirt sleeveless there, and it's like he's rocking some guns to that show. I was like, damn. Paul. Yeah, well, Gene Simmons is not. He just keeps trying to cover everything up with his tongue. I mean, and he can do it. And luckily for him, it's long <laughs> enough too. Yeah. And Shannon Tweed agrees, uh, but. 
Yipes. Uh, it, to show you like how truly schizophrenic things have gotten, like I have been sitting around and playing um, It's My Life by Talk Talk on bass and just sitting around and, and playing along with that. Like I get random things in my head and I have to exercise them in the best way possible. So I'm all over the board these days. It's called it's the hyper focus. Uh-huh. Have either of you watched the Picard show? The latest season? Uh, I'm not a Trekkie. Yeah. Uh, and I don't say that with derision. I I uh, tried to get into Star Trek, and I did enjoy, like, uh, the, unders- the Undiscovered Country came out when I was still kind of in my cognitive development, and I enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the, so the Klingons, uh, Christopher Lloyd is a Klingon, always <laughs> just boggles my mind. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I, I dip my toe in the water from time to time. I was a huge fan of the Next Generation because I got to see Lavar Burton do some acting. So as a reading child Rainbow. who was reared by reading Rainbow, I was there mostly for Jordy. Uh, so I, I kind of pop in and out. So I'm not averse to seeing any of the stuff for Picard. I, I just have not gotten to it. So I I will say. Um... Similar to yourself there, obviously, I grew up right around the same time. And so Reading Rainbow, big impact for me. I mm-hmm. was a huge into Star Trek Next Generation when I was a little, little kid. And then as a preteen and teenager, that's when I really started to like hit my stride with, you know, going back, even though it had already passed, but going back and like watching Voyager and DS9 and those other shows and really getting to know, especially because my stepfather uh, was a big Star Trek fan, and so he had them all on VHS and later DVD, so it was very easy in the pre-streaming days. It was very easy to still watch them all because he had them all, and he would often watch them, so I would just come home, and then they'd be playing, so sit down and watch them with him. Yeah, might as well, yeah, of course. I, We've also been conditioned. I, I, I Sorry, I have to make the jokes. Uh-oh. Uh, whatever you hear, like my stepfather, particularly once we started discussing some of the stepdaddy stuff from the cherry popping daddies, I was like, yeah, my, my stepdad used to beat me with a, a transponder. <laughs> so I always got a force to watch star Trek and I had no other choice, but I'm glad it was a positive and something you could bond over as opposed to something you were bonded to. No, exactly. And so it, it definitely took for me. I mean, like I've mentioned in the past, I've been on the star Trek cruise and you know, I have a bunch mm-hmm. of different paraphernalia and whatnot. Um, and a red shirt. Yeah. Well, many actually. I also have command gold shirts and everything. I've got a, like a, a <sighs> cardigan that's kind of like in the style of like Mr. Rogers, but it's a set up like a next gen uniform. It's actually oh, very. Is cool. it blue? I okay. know uh, it's red. Uh, red oh, and black. Okay. Well, got to um, have a blue in there somewhere. But what's uh, particularly cool. Uh, so I I was very excited when back in like 2017 when they announced Discovery. I was super excited. You know, new Star Trek coming. Right, Star Trek hadn't been on the air in like 15 years at that point. Um, so I was super excited and then very disappointed by the quality. It like, it looked beautiful, but it was not, it didn't feel like star Trek. I was very disappointed mm. with that. Um, but it was, you know, okay, whatever. Uh, then they announced Picard returning and I was so excited. I'm like, all right, here we go. Right. Like discovery, you know, fair enough. Not my cup of tea. So be it. But now we've got Picard. We got Jean-Luc coming back. This is going to be it. Right. And I was so hyped for it. And the first season was such a dumpster fire that I was so disappointed. It was like, and I'm like, I'm trying to make every excuse in the, in the book for it. Right. Just because I want this to be good. Like I want to love you. Right. I'm not going in there with like pre hatred. I'm want to love you. Let me love you. Yeah. And it's like, you're slobbing all over it. Like it's an Australian archeologist. Yeah. And it is not working out. And so then, 
I was like, okay, all right, that's that's fine. You know, I know I knew, we knew going in it was only going to be three seasons, so I was like, all right, one season down. That was disappointing. However, I wasn't alone. Many many fans voiced a lot of concern for it and had a lot of issues that were often the same issues as my I had. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. hopefully Paramount will hear these concerns, and, you know, internalize them, go back change them up for season two and we can get on track. Right. And so episode one of season two came out and it was good. I was like, fuck yeah, you know, we're on board here. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And then it was just like, it like fell off a cliff and it retroactively made episode one terrible because episode one was only good because it set up so much potential for things to go places that you're like this could be really good as a season and it fizzles out yeah and then when it doesn't go anywhere you're like well now episodes one's trash unlike you know next gen or the original series or any of the previous ones because they were all kind of bottled episodes in terms of standalone Mm -hmm. episodic yeah yeah if you had a good episode it was a good episode because it didn't depend the other future episodes didn't depend on it right yeah so whereas in today's kind of modern television world you know if you have episodes dependent upon the others you can have a good episode that sets up things but then if nothing comes of it then you're like well this is a crap episode yeah um but then so again season two, and then season two was worse than season one by the end of it i was like oh it, it started with so much great potential and then went so far south so uh in between seasons they got a new uh, showrunner and this showrunner has past experience with star trek so that gave me some glimmer of hope i was like okay we've ditched the previous showrunner we've uh, cleaned house on the cast a lot of the cast from the first two seasons we've left behind oh uh, without really an excuse yeah we're like for the most part we just cut them you know and and kind of moved on but i was like i don't care because i don't care about them it's called picard for a reason yeah and we're bringing back uh, you know, Worf, and we're bringing back Jordy, and we're bringing that. back Beverly, and you know, so I was like, okay, we're bringing back a lot of the old, you know, fan favorites. We've gotten rid of these other guys from the first two seasons, which is great because if we tried to keep them, I'd be like, well, we don't have enough time to like, you know, man properly manage the original returning cast and all these mm-hmm. people. So I'm like, Fair. perfect. So we've we've kind of cut all that out. We've got a new showrunner. I am optimistic. Uh, that this would work out. And so we're four seasons in, or four episodes into the season now. First episode came out so good. I was like, okay, all right. But then I was also like, Mm-mm, you did this to me last season. So like, I, uh, I'm i not about to fall for your trap, Picard. And then episode two comes out. I was like, oh, oh I feel a little something moving. i getting half a chub here. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Not- the Australian uh, archaeologist is Someone back. had an accent on the show. And, uh, Crikey. That's right. And then season three, I was like, or episode three, I was like, oh, God damn. Okay. And then today, episode four, and I'm like, well, we're coming up on halfway through this, the episode. And it was like, oh, that was fucking good. That was, I was like, all right, now I like, so now he I came. have faith. Yeah. Now I've got faith because I'm like, we're four episodes. I mean, yes, it could still derail, but mm. now it seems competently written. And- and I love that, you know, the the people on the bridge are acting like professionals. They're doing their job. You know, they're like there's it's not someone playing solitaire over in the corner. Well, no, it's just not like this emotional, like teenage, like everybody has to cry or like hold hands and do feelings like some of the other Star Trek stuff that's been happening. It just. Whoa. It, yeah. These people just they don't <laughs> act like. Profe- no, I'm serious. It, they don't act like professionals. Like, you know, you're in the middle of like something that's some life threatening thing. And everybody on the bridge is like, 
you know, got to break down into their emotions and cry or talk to each other. We got to stop to have a 10 minute heart to heart conversation. I'm like, uh, you're about to die. And you guys are all Starfleet. Be professionals. Like, and in and, and this show, they are now. And then, and uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And I'm really, really excited for where Star Trek can go. Because like I said, I was extremely disappointed with Discovery. And I was extremely disappointed with the first two seasons of Picard. So that new Trek, as it's often referred to, really kind of felt like trash. It, from a huge Star Trek fan who's seen every right. episode of Star Trek repeatedly. But Lower Decks, the animated show. I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Okay, So good. Cool. So good. So, so fantastic. And it's, it's kind of like a, uh, and it's a, it's a Rick and Morty sort of thing. Like it's an adult animated show. Star yeah. Trek Prodigy came out. It's on Nickelodeon. And it was geared as a TV, uh, TV show for kids. A Star Trek, the first Star Trek oh. for kids. And of course, you know, I was like, okay, well, I still, I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's supposed to be a kids show. I will um, take anything. Give yeah, it to and I me. was like, let me check it out because it's, uh, you know, Lower Decks is like, you know, traditional animation. Like I said, Rick and, Rick and Morty. Uh, Prodigy is um, 3D rendered, um, but even though it is a kids show on Nickelodeon, they do a great job of like, kind of sliding in like adult jokes that you're you could be a kid and be oblivious to, but then like. You're as an adult, you're still entertained, very much like the old Flintstones and stuff like that. Whereas, like, I was gonna say, a lot of old animation, like, even even like in in our days, like, was like it's good for the kids, but it's also good for the adults that are forced to watch it with the kids. Exactly, it's it's very much like that with the jokes that they include in Prodigy, and then also they do a lot of nods where like kids aren't gonna know that this is like a nod to some past Star Trek thing, but they are expecting the kids that are watching it probably are have parents that are Star Trek fans. And that's why the kids are watching. It's it. like, I get that reference. Yeah, I exactly. Oh. I'm like, Oh, they brought back Jellicoe. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, Oh, this is so prodigy was great, but I was still like, okay, well, these are these animated shows. I don't have a, a live action show. That's really kicking ass. And then they came out with Star Trek, strange new worlds, which is set, uh, a few years before Kirk and the oh. original crew. And it is episodic. So, and I felt so good about that because when the first episode came out, it was a good episode, but it wasn't an episode that set up anything because they've gone back to an episodic traditional Star Trek format that I'm like, all right, episode one was good and it's always going to be good because it's a standalone little bubble. You hope. Yeah. And, and every episode I enjoyed except for one of Strange New Worlds, which was just like, meh, I didn't care about it, but it wasn't bad. Uh, And then. But again, that was just an episodic show. So I was like, well, that was, I'm glad that they've picked up that format again. Hopefully it stays good. But now with Picard being the kind of the modern day, like, you know, uh, season story arc, four episodes in, still holding strong, I'm like, oh, we might actually have, in my opinion, the first full season story arc that is really kick ass for Star Trek. Uh, so if you're a big TNG fan, uh, Shane, I highly recommend popping into season three. I'd skip one and two. They're, and they Welcome. don't they don't matter. Honestly, they don't matter for the storyline at all. Dead to me. Context isn't important. No, okay, no, no, they, no. It's no context Picard doesn't matter. Is no, all that matters. What I'm saying is that context doesn't mean shit. Like you don't need to know the first uh-huh. two seasons, other than the fact that I'll spoil one thing, which doesn't matter. So it doesn't. Just so you'll understand what because they make like two comments about it in it uh, in season one of Picard. Uh, Jean Luc technically dies as a human and they just transfer his conscience into a cyborg like into an android and he still looks old he because so he got shafted on the deal what the fuck yeah their little shtick about it is that uh that they've moved him into an android body because he he was going to die 
um, but they've set it so that he'll die at like the regular. He's still going to age, and he'll still die at the regular time. They just don't want him to know. No, he knows. Okay. He's aware. Um, what the hell? It the was. Por- it was so stupid. It was. It was so dumb. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. It right. was. It was so the, stupid. The righteous See, fury is growing. I, well, before we move any further than that, though, what I have been doing <laughs> since you're out and exploring brave new worlds and horizons, I was having adventures in space and time. So Melissa and I finished the last two series of uh, Doctor Who and caught up. I knew up. that's where that was going. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I really enjoyed it. There are some aspects of it that it is still very didactic, and they got very preachy with some of the things uh, they like. They were doing. I told Melissa at one point it felt like Captain Planet had sex with Doctor Who. Oh, because there's a whole there's a whole episode that is about plastics being utilized by an alien species and so because they have like a place in the bearing trench where there's all of these plastics that have accumulated at the bottom of the ocean this is with jody still right yes they're able to set up this you know section down there where these aliens could come in and and start uh you know infiltrating the world and you're like oh stop just please quit with the hectoring to the audience that we all need to clean up and like there's one where Earth is an irradiated wasteland because we've suffered nuclear fallout and there's a weird alien race that is just humanity that's been, uh, you know, morphed and has had to evolve in that situation. So some of the things are not great and I have not necessarily been the, the world's most ardent enthusiast for how Chibnall has written. But I say all of that, say that uh, they pulled it all together. They did a decent job with the end of the most recent series. And then for those who are unaware, we lead into the fact that much like the reversions of bringing back in uh, the stars of yesteryear to, to bolster your spirits for star trek we Mr. have david the 14th doctor yeah. is going to be a return to form and also with russell t davies at the helm again Which so yeah might i got pull me back in very giddy because I, I i i stopped at the um i hate the impossible girl yeah it's kind of tough yeah i i can't i can't as a person that i i'd love tenet i actually love eccleson as well like yeah. they're they're like the the episodic nature, and then it somehow all ties together with Bad Wolf and everything. I'm like, this is great. Eccleston's great. Yeah. He's my doctor. Yes, That's he's still fantastic. My, yeah. yeah, yeah, which really? is wild. I was good that you answered my question. I was gonna. <sighs> Smith is yeah. mine. And I, I get it. Like, everybody's it. But, you know, that's the one who brought me to the dance. I'd never watched Same. Doctor Who prior to Same. that. So, yeah, you go. But Tenet's so fantastic. Yes. And Smith is great. Yes. And even Capaldi I was charmed with yes. in the later series. Like, initially once it was you, rough. Once you get What's-Her-Name out of there, I feel like... Yeah. I, I don't know, yeah. but I feel like people like him enough, and he's a great actor on his own accord, mm-hmm. that, like, if he can do his thing, it's great. But I couldn't. I I lost enough steam. I I stopped. I couldn't do yeah. it with with what's Clara. Her name. Clara as a character was a bit too subversive because she kept you know taking over. It's like oh I'm the doctor now. Like n- no you're not. No sorry. You're- I think so. I I will go against the grain on that a little bit only because. Uh, so I agree with your initial bit of Capaldi was mm. rough at first. You know I thought you know because he 
he came across just too too much of a grumpy old man. And also, he was hapless. Like they, they, yeah. he never actually found his way out of things. It was always Clara's the one dragging him along. You're like, this isn't how this works. Even when the doctor was, you know, crazy like Baker Doctor, you yeah. lose moments. Where you're like, he seems like he's a little out of touch, and then manages to nail the dismount at the end. And Capaldi, mm. but I do feel that Capaldi was. A, an extremely strong actor, and I think yes. his portrayal of it. I, I think that Clara would have been really, really bad in with any other doctor, mm-hmm. but I think that she was well suited for the. I like their their chemistry, that they, their play off of each other. Uh, Tennant was the one that got me into Who, so you would uh-huh. think by default he would be my doctor because he's the most popular of the doctors, and he. Well, that is also yeah, that is also a, a debate. It's always Tennant or yeah. Smith. It's always Tennant or Smith. So an oh, Eccleston no, fan, not, no, I it's always, always Tennant. It's always mm, Tennant. There's a lot of bakers out there. There are well, a lot of people. Oh, that's who, true. There's a lot of. Well, I'm not even talking about pre-reboot. Yeah, I'm not talking about okay, pre-boot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we're talking modern, who it, it's it's like I I. I think the polls are like 80 to 20 for like in the 20 is split against everybody else. It's tenant by and large. Uh, then those yeah. Smith uh, which, people are really, uh, really vocal. They're very ardent. Stuff. Yes. Well, uh-huh. and that's one. And, that, and I'm one of them. So that's what I was saying is that like tenant is the one that Explains got me into it. And he's the most popular. You would think that it, but I, yeah, you laugh it up. <laughs> chuckles. I love Smith. Bow ties are cool. That's, damn right. Bow ties are cool. I have bow ties. Fez is hey, cool. Hey, hey, hey. Smith is not a, I love his child. He was never a bad. Exactly. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed yeah, he, him immensely, and, and his face is just like perfect because it's it's so strange looking, so young and supple. Well, he could do he could switch it where he could have that innocence and that kind of like you know seeing the world through these new eyes and this wondrous thing, but then also just like straight faced and like suddenly you're like, oh, there is a very old being behind those eyes. Like you could really kind of feel it with him. Yeah. I, There's something that is inherently necessary for any Doctor Who actor, which is somebody who is a good dramatic actor yes. who is then capable of being comedic. And you have to kind of ride the lines between those two things. And when you lean too hard one way or the other, uh, which is one of the reasons why I really appreciated Eccleston's mm-hmm. turn is that he could have the gravitas very quickly. And the fact that he was until the retcon the war doctor yes. makes it a little more impactful oh, to me that. but i i adore john hurt though oh, and yeah. so i love that he got to have the turn mm-hmm. and i have i have the war doctor's sonic sitting on my bookshelf even if it was very here, very so. tiny i feel like he should have had a lot more in his time but he was fantastic mm-hmm. really well done so i and i don't so much mind the fact that we are also retconning now that the doctor is uh, sorry for uh, anybody who hasn't seen. So sorry, Michael, there's going to be some spoilers. If you no, haven't I, caught up to some I, of these I have things. seen that part. I did see the reveal that he is the war doctor. And the ninth doctor is an no, actual no. talking about the doctor. I'm talking yeah. about current iteration. Yeah. So if you want oh, me to oh, with, with the, you, no, no, I, I know that tenant is, the no, that's not what he's. No, yeah, not what I'm referring to. <laughs> Just then, let him roll uh, with it. Just if, go with if, it. it like, okay. okay, continue. So, it, it, do you want me to go say it? it? Is the go question for it. okay? So the the doctor is essentially the progenitor of the species, is referred to. As oh the yeah, yeah, child. yeah. I read about that because I was okay. very confused about a lot of that sort of thing. There's and, a yeah. there's a lot of retconning going on, and there's a lot of revisionist history. Yeah. And now they're inventing past iterations of the Doctor, which I don't mind. And actually, the Doctor that they inject into that series 
is really fantastic, and I appreciated <sighs> he, he's the a, approach. He's a big name actor. It's a woman. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I try. I, I read like one article on it because I'm like I try and keep up with it without sitting down and watching everything. So yeah. It was like I, it's worth checking out. Honestly, yeah. you you'd probably enjoy it. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was so stupid. The time. The, oh no. Totally disagree. You think that's a, a which is a enjoyable interesting. I, I didn't say I didn't say it was great. I said that as a I you I was willing decades to decades of lore and you just like yes. shove your middle finger at it. I was like, which what is, are you doing? What are you? Well, doing? They, here's the thing though. If you're going to suspend the disbelief that we've now allowed it to go past the twelfth iteration, yes. <laughs> and you start doing those changes, I'm like, that it's all fair game at that point. Okay. They've essentially said you can trash all the lore and it doesn't matter. So I can't be precious about any of those other things when they've already conceded that, like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> none of this stuff was true either. So they're just making, they're laying the. the I got I gotta say, I can forgive. We need to extend the, you know, the regeneration. I can forgive that because, well, crap. Yeah, because it was your doctor. Well, no, because we need to continue the show. So I'm like, all right, I get it. We got to find a way right. to continue the show. I'm on board with that. When you go against everything else, I'm like, and I and I, I refuse to throw out the baby with the bathwater in terms of like, well, you've, you know, if you're forgiving that, then everything else is fair game. No, no, no. That is a necess- That's a necessity to, in order to continue the show. So, okay, we'll retcon this thing because we have to otherwise we have to call it quits everything else you didn't have to do i'm saying there's probably somebody out there who espouses the same rationale that you needed to further retcon in order to continue this because it's like okay so what does she just get a pass now or does the doctor in whatever iterative form just get a pass that like oh just regenerate as much as you uh, want it's fine no I, and why it, it, in in uh, what was it the the smith to uh capaldi uh you know special uh-huh. It was the Time Lords in there because they were like one second out in their of wisdom. no one second out of the dimension or something like that. They were they they alleviated the thirteen uh, regeneration limit, you right. know, and that made it okay. So there. But now all of a sudden, there's another one. Yeah. So, so it's okay. Like, what are we gonna do here? Like, yeah, it just <laughs> it's it, fine. I, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to take them to task for that, like the you should stop watching the show entirely because it's. I don't think it's going to get better. I mean, like, like how, it, now we got the 14th back, so now what? You can just go back to a previous form because that's going to even if you like the actor, that's your straining credulity to be like, oh, so now what? You well, can just put on any face you want well, to. Well, that's not just with Tenet though, because in the War Doctor bit there, I think didn't you have Baker come back and do the little cameo as the curator? And but yeah, the, you get the idea that that was you know not necessarily that version of the Doctor. I don't think that they specifically say it's the Doctor that has now lived in it. But I mean, fuck, they split Tenet into another person. <laughs> like that that Doctor would often had a second half of itself that gets to go live the the high life trip in the light fantastique with Rose in an alternate dimension. So like, oh, that's yeah, a they, good they point. break yeah, the yeah. rules whenever it yeah, suits them. Because, and, 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 uh, but that like, wasn't the actual Doctor. And didn't that guy have his own little life? Like he was just a human, right? Wasn't it he? was split off of his hand. No, yeah, I know. It was a clone. Yes, but he, but he was so going to die. He wasn't going to regenerate and stuff, right? Right. So that was, but I mean, I, 
So how so the fuck did that then, happen? Well, they explained that in the episode, and then with the Baker. Well, they bit, explained it in the episodes for why they are able to have her the be the timeless one, child suggest, too. Oh, so I, I wrote, refuse to forgive that, but I'm it, on board but with the logic is as spurious for the other shit as it is for that. I my wrote an honors thesis on time travel, and part of that include research included research on Doctor Who because I want to include mm-hmm. Doctor Who in my honors thesis and the reason yes. why i didn't was because there is no coherent rules to time travel it's all timey literally wibbly, exactly mm-hmm. so they can do whatever the fuck they want because it is a literary device to pers- to, to just do like they carte blanche do whatever they want so and it's always oh it's a possible future exactly it's not necessarily the one that happened so, so. i agree entirely it and, and, and as much as i disagreed with the whole plot of the timeless child based off of what i recall yes. even though i don't recall the gender of the doctor that was involved it is something they can do because at the end of the day Fart noise. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Well right. said. Uh, yes. No. So and here's the thing. I also don't want to go down. I'm not falling on the sword saying I approve of it oh, and no, it's great no. and I love no, it. I, yeah, you didn't sound like that at all. Yeah, I just it didn't offend me or cut me to the quick where I was like, I'm never watching this show, oh, guys. Like, oh, okay, here's more hapless shit to, to dredge through because it just it it's incoherent, rambling nonsense, bringing characters back that didn't mean anything and just re injecting them into the situation. Like, oh, I'm Tectoon. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. You there was no reason for you to be here in the first place. There's going to be no reason for you to die. And yes, it just blithely happens in the mist. Here's this eternal entity that just suddenly dispatched by some guy in bad makeup. I felt like, okay, bad for uh, both uh, Capaldi and Whitaker because I feel like they were fantastic actors that were let down by the writing. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I didn't watch those shows. Or I haven't seen anything with Whitaker in it. Not because I disagreed with her as a doctor. I think that it was fantastic that they cast her as a doctor. And she's great. She's yeah. great. She's great. The only thing that like I I enjoy her as an actor very much. Uh, the only thing I'll say to that is that I th- and and maybe it maybe there was a further dip. I don't know. But I think that like I said, I think the writing suffered under both Capaldi and Whitaker. But I think that mm. Capaldi, especially towards the end after he kind of figured out how he wanted to portray the doctor. Uh, was able to better overcome the poor writing in his portrayal of the doctor um, than Whitaker was. And I don't know if that's maybe because the writing further declined or he's just a more seasoned actor and was able able to kind of like do more with the shitty materials than she was, even though she's a very talented actor herself. But he obviously has a few decades as well, more at the craft. I have to ask, is this Moffat? Still, Moffat. Stephen Moffat. Moffat, sorry. Uh, I, I don't Stephen care enough Moffat about him was... as an actor to know his name correctly. Well, well he wasn't actor, an actor, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> or, uh, uh, sorry, a writer. He was the showrunner so. and writer at the time. and but for, I think, for both of them, right? But I think when it got into the, the latter stages of getting into Capaldi, I think he stepped back and they brought on okay. more like single-episode writers. The his uh... Moffat's big sort of like tour de force was The Smith, where all of the plot lines were all integrated into to each other and everything yeah, led and they into hurt my the brain. next one. Yeah, and it's they tried Chibnall tried to do that with the the last series, and it's oh okay. it woefully so it inadequate in okay. a lot of that, but it was still entertaining 
But um, but the uh, Capaldi stuff was still Moffat as the showrunner, but I don't think he was writing everything. Okay. And it okay. shows. Yeah. Uh, but I think like the and and then we'll get ourselves out as we were trying to keep ourselves on time, and then we're just spinning out here. Uh, and... Pun intended. Speaking of time, <laughs> but uh, it, with the discussions about like Capaldi, I feel like once they put the Doctor in prison. And he got to give that sort of like glorious tour de force performance of showing having to fight through being entombed and dealing with the mental degradation and then coming back up like a phoenix out of the ashes into the series with Bill. I feel like they got the comedy a little better in hand. And when he was making jokes, it was not because he was a doddering old fool or just eccentric for no reason of like, I have sonic sunglasses. And just some of the arbitrary things that they did, they just said, okay, just, it's the doctor. Let's stop overthinking this. Yeah, I think. And I feel like that's kind of where they're getting yeah. to with what's moving with Jody as well and why they probably finally went like, oh, we got to get, we got to get a couple other folks back that know what they're doing here. Well, and I think that, uh, I think you were absolutely right to bring in the Doctor Who stuff right after we discussed Star Trek. Cause I feel like it's very similar in that, like, mm. hey, Picard, you know, we tried something different. Oh, everybody hated it. Or it didn't go over so well. Shit, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Hey, everybody yeah. liked this. Like, you remember the TNG cast? You guys like these, right? Oh, you remember David Tennant? You liked uh, mm. the Tenth Doctor, right? Here you go. Uh-huh. And I feel well, like even that. They were dipping some toes in the water as well by like, uh, let's bring back Captain Jack. Uh, let's whip other folks in that oh, are kind of like. Oh, they did. Oh yes. shit! So there's some touchstones to the older, but now like I I loved the Russell T Davies era, obviously, and since he kind of was the progenitor of the movement. I'm excited he's coming back in and it's much akin to the reason I thought about it with the Star Trek conversation is get somebody who knows the material Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying Chibnall didn't and there's a lot of really phenomenal episodes in that run and there's some things that I really love about Jody's time with the Doctor so I didn't I wanted to go in with a positive spin and then we devolved but uh, (laughs) it's it's there are some things I really hate about it there's some things I really love about it but I think like there's some of that is just riding the wave of the first time you watch doctor who because even some of like you were talking about with the matt smith era stuff you're kind of like okay what the hell's going on now wait who is this he had me at fish sticks and custard i'm sure because <laughs> that's all you could pay it that's all you could focus on that's I, the only thing that made sense i literally had fish sticks and custard after that i was like is this <sighs> is this actually a thing could this be i think turn- did you have it with an australian i <laughs> well i didn't in order to have fish sticks and custard it requires an Australian, 30 years old, maybe an archaeologist, not necessarily required. Well, Matt Smith is not Australian, so I don't think that that stands up to, to Ross. Well, Ross, did he have it with Matt Smith? What I found is that fish sticks and custard is kind of Ica. Thank you. All right. Well, for all the inside jokes that we've whipped into this episode, just whip all of you into a frothy lather. I hope that you're as happy that we're back as we are. Our, again, our sincerest apologies for the one lag we've had. Uh, the one. We'll do our, our darndest to, to you know make up for it in some small way, shape, or form. And uh, we thank you all for being here as per usual. Uh, if you're not familiar with how the show is typically run... Go look at some of the back catalog. Typically, we dive into random esoterica and lie about it. That is the shtick of the show. And there is 184 or five other episodes of us doing mostly that. 
And so you can go whip that out. There's tons of stuff in the archives. It's a lot of fun. And of course, you can find all of our relevant or irrelevant socials in a link in the show notes below. So go check that there. You can support. So if you liked what you're hearing and you're enjoying it, or if you want us to keep sticking around, please give us a like, subscribe, rate, and review. We would love to hear from you. And engage. Set phasers to engage, as ah, Michael's fond this of This is saying. actually really like adequately timed like perfectly well with the star trek and all that i am never late frodo baggins uh so i i think that is going to officially wrap this thing up just like a series or episode of a time traveling or space faring franchise and so for we crazy kooks here at the disinformed podcast we bid a fond adieu to all of you so for this week i'm shane and, and I'm, I'm Michael. Michael. Fuck. <laughs> and zippity zoop, we're out of here. We're out of time. Never late, but a little TARDIS. Oh, that. <laughs> I'm calling the pun police on you for that one. <laughs>